Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on a fantastic Saturday in the great state of Texas. You know, if you're new to the show, it's a new year. Maybe you're checking out new stuff, checking out new radio stations. We've been on the station now for three years. We talk about issues of faith, family, and freedom, particularly as they pertain to the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. And I've been in all three of those arenas, so to speak. You know, and it's probably not... I mean, it's probably accurate to call it arena because it gets a little messy sometimes. It gets a little contentious. And hey, look, I'm not looking for a fight, if you will, and neither is my organization, but oftentimes that's just the way it goes. You know, we are, you know, when it comes to the issues of faith, family, and freedom, none of them are really static. There's a tug of war, if you will, on one side or the other is going to win. Is it going to go this direction or the other? And so we'll talk about those things. We'll talk about how the organization I lead, Texas Values, is involved on the front lines of these issues and other people that are involved in these type of issues. And so there's today's no different from that. we got a great guest today. Naomi Narvaez is our guest today. And we're going to talk about really what's kind of happening on the landscape of these issues and what's happening in the Republican Party here at the state and locally, because... You know, when you the run up to the elections, there are a lot of seats that are open. There's a lot of activity. You've got the Speaker of the House who said he's not running again. And just a lot of activity that's allowing, I think, more voices and a lot of stuff that's been growing to kind of reach its peak and to bubble over. And so, but let me tell you a little bit about Naomi. Um, she lives in the San Marcos area. She serves on the SREC, which she's going to explain a little bit some more to us. That's the Senate Republican Executive Committee. And she sits in the Senate District 21 seat. So these positions are cut up geographically that essentially mirror Senate seats of our state senators, that same geographic area. And so I'll let her talk a little bit more detail about that. But she served in a variety of volunteer roles. She's raised children. She was a football mom. I mean, she's done quite a bit. And so, but, you know, one of the things that that is very true about her is she's a very strong voice and she's not afraid to stand up and do what's right. So, Naomi, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Thank you, Jonathan. It's awesome to be with you this morning. Well, it's good to have someone on the station who knows what faith, family, and freedom is about. And, you know, look, a lot of our friendship and familiarity between you and I started when I moved to the Hayes County area and really was trying to get settled in and, you know, really get accustomed to things. I'd never lived in that area, even though I'd gone to the University of Texas. Buda was like another world away from the Austin campus of the um, West Campus area where I lived at the time. And so, but, you know, I really enjoy meeting new people, wanted to get acclimated and so on in that area in Hayes County. And there was an issue that came up where the Hayes County Commissioner's Court was being pressured by an atheist organization from Wisconsin, I believe, that was trying to force the commissioners um, to stop having their meetings opened with prayer. That's right. And so you brought it to my attention and you had heard that I did some of this kind of work. I don't remember. Maybe we were friends on Facebook or however it happened. And so I go to the meeting. I testify. I provide information to the county commissioners along with my staff and um, the individuals I was working with at the time at Liberty Institute. And sure enough, the commissioner's court agreed to continue that 
um, act and that practice of starting with prayer. That was a pretty big deal back in Hayes County a few years back. Yes, it was. And they voted, of course, to remain opening their meetings with prayer. Um, the thing is that, you know, I stayed um, always on top of how our governing um, bodies there in San Marcos area in Hayes County um, <clears throat> what they've done and, and, and follow them. And so when that um, came up, absolutely, I was on top of it. I followed Texas values and followed you and, um, you know, watched the work that you've been doing. And it was something that I thought that um, if I reach out to you, you could help us with. Well, tell us about your current role. You've been in this role on the SREC, which is an elected position. It's not necessarily a position that people go to the ballot to cast a vote for. But if you're active in the Republican Party, the Republican Party has its own elections at conventions and things of that nature. So you do have to be elected to this position. And it's almost like running for um, an elected position at the ballot box. So since 2012, you've been in this position. Tell our listeners a little bit about what an SREC is and what an SREC member does. Absolutely. So to begin with, you really are on the ballot the first time you are, you get involved and go up to state convention because what happens is you begin at the precinct level. So every election, um, every two years um, at the precinct level convention, when you go vote, you have to get elected as a delegate to then the um, your county or senatorial district convention. And then you move up and get elected from there to become a state delegate to our state convention and at the state convention is where about 11 to 12,000 delegates come from all over Texas and they caucus in their um, depending on what year it is you caucus in either senatorial district and congressional and that is where we vote for our SREC so SREC is the state Republican executive committee we're made up of 62 members as well as our um, chairman who's elected and our vice chair there and it's a man and a woman for every senatorial district who represent their areas and what the SREC does is we're the governing body of the RPT the Republican Party of Texas we establish general policies we um, give general supervision and management of the party we encourage growth and promote the party principles and of course you know our uh, main thing is that we want to elect Republican office holders and we provide opportunities for all Texans who are affiliated with our party to become part of us and and those who subscribe to our beliefs and principles and advocate you know for our values and so yes I was elected in 2012 I've served three terms and um, every every um, convention I have um, been reelected and we are term limited, which is kind of funny because we are term limited and, and um, you know, public officials are not. So that's something that sometimes people, you know, find funny that we're term limited, can only serve four terms. So, um, you know, depending on this um, next state convention, I may get in and I hope to get reelected for the fourth term to represent Senatorial District 21, which runs from East Travis County all the way to Star County, which is the Rio Grande City um, area. Well, let's talk about what happened recently, speaking of the SREC, because there's been a lot written this week on a vote that the SREC took, and, and that's really the heart of what I wanted us to discuss and why I wanted to have you come on the show to talk about the goings-on uh, from last weekend. So the SREC had meetings on Friday and Saturday. I don't know if there were other days y'all met, but primarily those days, 
And one of the things that has been bubbling up, that has been, there's been more attention and so on, is the growing concern about the leadership in the views of Joe Strauss as the Speaker of the House. And so if you haven't listened to the show before and you're not familiar with all this, our Texas House has what's called a Speaker of the House, just like at the, the federal level. But you as a voter do not elect the Speaker. So the members of the House cast a vote and that Speaker never gets held accountable by the voters in some direct election. And so because of that, People that are voters have been concerned that Joe Strauss is out of line with the principles of the Republican Party, and they're not able to directly impact that in an election. So their representative will vote for or against. But there's a lot of concerns that if, you know, if you don't vote for the speaker, then you're not going to get the right committee and all these games that are played. And then the history of Joe Strauss is the reason that he became the speaker was because 11 Democrats, excuse me, 11 Republicans teamed up with 64, 65 Democrats and allowed him to get elected. Even though the majority of the House was Republicans, they didn't stay together. And a few of them broke off and teamed up with the, you know, with the opposite team, with the visitors, you know, with the people that were against Republicans or that, you know, were the other party. So really, you had Democrats elected the speaker and they, they elected a Republican. But a lot of people have questioned every moment since then whether or not He's really what you would consider a Republican because he doesn't support uh, so much of what the Republican Party stands for. He took money from Planned Parenthood, which you'd be hard pressed to find any Republican elected at the state level that takes money from Planned Parenthood. We work on taking money away from Planned Parenthood. Um, And then in this last legislature, Strauss worked to block some of the main priorities that Governor Abbott was a part of and and Lieutenant Governor. So Strauss in the past has not has been very difficult when it comes to life issues. This past time, he wasn't supportive of school choice. I think he even uh, opposed teacher um, efforts to raise teacher pay that Abbott was in favor of. Um, There are spending differences between Strauss and the rest of the Republican leaders, property tax reform that he got in the way of, and also the privacy issues. So Strauss is okay with men going into women's bathrooms and girls' bathrooms as he specifically worked to take down that legislation that would have prevented that from happening. So now we're up to, I don't know, close to 70 counties have taken votes. Republican county groups have taken votes against Strauss, all leading up to this SREC meeting where someone made a motion to censor the Republican House Speaker, who is who is announced that he's going to retire or not run again, but his term's not over. That's right. And Jonathan, I just want to tell you, I think it's closer to about 100 between counties and organizations that passed resolutions at the county level um, against um, um, Speaker Strauss. And well, and you're talking about Bear County, tra- even Travis County. Hayes, well, I don't remember, is Hayes, Hayes isn't in there. Well, I got, we got to talk to our people that's in Hayes. Right. <laughs> okay, uh, but all these big counties, uh, Travis, I think Dallas County's in there. So if you look at the population of all these counties, it's over half. Of the Republican voters, if you will, across the state. Talk to us about what happened, though, in this meeting. Well, first of all, let let me just tell you this. We took the directive, of course, from all the delegates at the state level at our last convention. They told us they wanted us to be stronger 
and to, um, you know, do their will. And that is our job. You know, we represent different counties, different senatorial districts, and each one of us has, um, you know, to do what our delegates, you know, we, we listen to them. We get emails, phone calls, texts, messages, and they tell us, you know, what is important to them, what issues are important, and how they want us to vote. And so we consider all that. So what happened was, like you said, um, one county passed a resolution that they were not happy with the work of the speaker, how the legislative session was adjourned early and work was not done. Um, some of the initiatives and, and um, the priorities that the governor and lieutenant governor had did not pass. And so a lot of Texans were very upset about that. And so, um, you know, it went from there. One after another, counties started, you know, passing these resolutions and it came up to the SREC and we we considered um, because there was also other um, representatives that were also um, censured by their counties and it came up to us and we had to discuss that in committee and then pass it to the body with um, Bear County's resolution they because it was the speakers they um, asked for us to consider it now I sit on various committees on the SREC and one of them is the resolutions committee and so it came to our committee last um, weekend and um, we had a long discussion because there's, you know, um, much to think about when you're going to pass something like this. It is, an, is, it is important when, you know, you have to look at what's going on. And we heard, um, you know, the chairman now, who is also an SREC and you know, we all decided that it was best for the body to discuss it. And there was about two hours of testimony, you know, witnesses, our SREC that went and spoke up there and, and told us, you know, how they felt. And there was both, um, both sides were, were, you know, well represented. And, and at the end, um, we had, we didn't quite reach the, the two thirds vote and our chairman and our vice chairman had a long discussion and then came forward and said that they were both casting their vote with us to censure him. So you needed two thirds right. of the SREC members in order for this resolution to pass, which is no small margin. Um, I think it was 43-19, 44-19, I forget the exact numbers, but an overwhelming majority of Republican officials voted to censor the House Speaker of their own party, which they have a right to do. This is the function of these things that they control, um, and this is their system. So no one made them. They're not forced to. This is a function of something that's been growing for weeks, months, and years. That's right. I mean, I think there's any question, because it's not probably not the first time there's been a discussion, at least amongst people, about whether or not they should be doing these things. And, you know, why doesn't someone say something about Joe Strauss? And so in some of the, the commentary that's been written since then, it's so interesting how, um, you know, the media who the most of the traditional media certainly do not seem to be all that supportive of Republican politicians or excited about them. But they really like to defend Joe Strauss. Um, and, and, you know, people can make up their mind about why that is. I'm not going to get into all of that discussion. My point is. A lot of the response hasn't been, hey, look what the Republican Party officials did. They took care of their own business. They didn't let other people deal with it. They in-house addressed a problem that they saw and really took a vote in a matter of almost accountability for one of their own members, right? 
But the media doesn't seem to be happy that I guess they weren't able to be a part of the process or influence or whatever the case may be, that they're not able to, the outcome was not what they wanted. But this is y'all's own business. That's right. This is y'all cleaning up your own house. That's uh, right. You know, no pun intended, or maybe it's intended. But, but you know, but the other thing that's interesting is a lot of people are trying to make the point, some in the media, you know, oh, well, Strauss is on his way out. Why are people kicking him when he's down and all this? Well, wait a minute. First of all, is he down? Because he's tried to act like, you know, the reason that he's leaving on good terms and, you know, it has nothing to do with all the controversy that he's caused by going against the Republican Party platforming and our sitting governor time and time again, most recently this session, and doing it publicly. And he's not gone. His That's term right. is still going on. He just dropped $50,000, I believe, was reported or that I saw for Sarah Davis, a sitting Republican in a House race in Houston where the governor has endorsed Sarah Davis's opponent. And Sarah Davis, um, you know, by a lot of measures, is the lowest scoring Republican on numerous scorecards. She's way out of step with Republican Party platform. That's right. So it's no surprise that Strauss would be in her camp. But he hasn't he's he's not gone by any stretch of the definition of that. That's word. exactly right. He is not. He is still in office. He holds that seat. And it was important for us to um, stand with Bear County, who is, you know, um, the county in his district and to show everybody that we're going to stick to principle, because I think that is so important right now in Texas. And again, I want to emphasize that this is not a decision that each that each one of us makes on our own. We listen to those delegates, to the people of the of each county that tells us. And I mean, I have I have heard and I've messaged with a lot of the SREC that have told me you know, they had many of their delegates, many of their people contacting them saying, please pass this. Because the whole the, the matter of the fact is that it, it's about principle and we need to show others that, you know what, what we do as volunteers for the party, we give time, treasure and talent. And a lot of times it's it is our treasure and we do it on our own. And so what we do and what we say does matter. And we need to make sure that that our elected officials know that if we are going to support them, then they need to support us and stand with us as well. And I think the governor, lieutenant governor, have done a fantastic job and they continue to do that. But on the other side, there are some Republicans who are more moderate or whatever the case may be. And 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 they don't. And that is where we have to make sure that we can take that and, um, you know, do something about it. And I think we've done that. Well, I think one thing is it shows that your role and on all the role that people have on the SREC, it's not for show. Okay. It is not a joke. It's not, oh, I just want to have my name out there to say that I'm doing something. People take this seriously and they should. I mean, it is not supposed to be just something, you know, for um, to have written on paper and show up at the annual or the biennial convention and throw a party and everybody kind of sit around and um, and have a good time. This is serious business. Yes, I mean, it when is. you look at the issue of life, you're talking about life and death decisions, property tax, whether or not people are going to be able to afford to stay in their home. Many of them, it's the home they've only known, right? When you look at spending issues, you look at education, you know, having more funding and raises and so on for teachers, you know, a very admired and respected profession that gets a lot of attention in the legislature, even though 
a strong percentage of our school, excuse me, of our funding goes to education. I, I don't, I have to look at the numbers, but I, it's one of the, you know, portions of government that is funded at, at the most when you kind of cut up the pie in percentage. And so um, school choice, all these. So you got, you said it's maybe close to a hundred now counties that have voted on Joe Strauss. So it's not like the SRE showed up last weekend and was like, you know what? We're tired of Joe Strauss. This has been building. That's right. And so if you're just hearing about it yourself, we get that it might be something you haven't heard about before. But in the channels of all of these workings in in Republican Party goings-ons and meetings, I don't think it's really a surprise. And I think it's important for you to mention, as you mentioned, a lot of feedback that you have been getting, and I'm sure other SREC members were getting, saying, hey, y'all need to do this. Well, I, th- I think Texans decided a long time ago, and we continue to make the decision that what is important to us is life. We have to protect life. I think that we have to protect marriage. We have got to protect our homes, our faith, family, and freedom. Those are the things that are important to Texans. And we at the SREC are making a point, and we're getting closer every Every year, it seems we're getting closer to what it is, how we want to influence our legislature for them to listen to us. There was a time where it was difficult to to communicate and, and try to get them to listen. You know, a lot of times it seems like they just go astray. They do what, what they want. Well, our position, as well as theirs, they should listen to Texans. And we... It, it, the SRC is doing exactly that. We're listening to our delegates. We're listening to the people. They are now confiding in us and, and you know, putting that trust in us that we're going to get the job done at the SRC and then move it on and push it to the legislator and our, um, our um, elected officials. Well, and you made the point. I mean, this a lot of this started or grew some more strength, if you will, when Bear County, the county where Joe Strauss resides, where his house district is, chose to vote to censor him. And, you know, look, I I don't live in that area, but my impression of things is it's not Collin County. It's not a rural area. Bear County is, you know, if you want to kind of pitch, um, try to compare it to other counties, probably not the most conservative of all the counties. I don't know. I mean, so it was probably a surprise to some people that even in Bear County, so even in Bear County where Joe Strauss is, where he lives, they have said, that he's ignored them and gone against the party platform too much. And, and that's what's important here. These are party platform issues that Republicans have said are important to them. So when you have someone that is so visible as, you know, in, in a lot of ways, almost like a leader of the Republican Party, um, being the House Speaker and him being Republican, they have grown frustrated for quite some time that he seems to think that he can ignore it and essentially ignore the people of the state. And so while he's been able to gain re-election in his House seat, he really is in a position that goes far beyond just his own district. That's right. And, and Jonathan, it's very important, as we all know, that whoever is leading us leads us the right way. You know, the majority of people, again, have said they want our legislator to go one way, and that is the right way, and that's what we're working for. And, um, and I want to mention that our own uh, Republican Party chairman James Dickey has done that. He has been a very good leader. He has led us the right way. He's just to everybody, um, you know, fair. And so he does not stop anyone from voicing their own opinion, whoever in the party it may be. But we as a body 
you know, obviously have said the more conservative way is the way that our party's going. And so it's open to all, you know, to, to become part of us. But we are looking, you know, at what is going on at the legislature and saying, no, we want our legislators to vote with us and to, to move those things that are important to Texans forward. Well, and there were a number of pieces of legislation that never even got a vote on the House floor because Strauss did certain things to refuse to allow things to come to that point. So he put kind of this chokehold on some of the process and some bills that never even got a hearing or never even got a vote, even though a majority of House members had expressed their support, uh, the privacy issue being one of them and him being very public about it. But he was very public about other things that he opposed that Governor Abbott and Lieutenant Governor Patrick were a part of that passed several times. And so, look, this isn't any surprise to, to us that see this stuff every day in the media, I think, is just being dishonest or they're misleading people about what's really going on because they're probably, you know, not happy about the fact that people like you and others take their role seriously and you know that it matters and you did something about it. We're about to run out of time with our segment of the Texas Values Report this week. Just as a reminder, um, if you haven't registered to vote and most people have. You just probably don't realize it. But if you're not sure or if you haven't, you moved to Texas, whatever the case may be, the deadline's coming up. I believe it's February 5th, which is, what is today? Monday. Uh, Monday. Monday. So um, deadline to register to vote. Um, the primary election day is on March 6th. Early voting starts on February 20th. Of course, our general election is in November. But a lot of things are decided in the primary vote on March 6th. So don't be left behind, okay? Don't don't sit this one out. Uh, make sure you're registered to vote. You can go to our website, txvalues.org, to get more informed about election issues, about candidates, what's all at stake. And let me tell you, some big stuff is on the ballot. The issue we've talked about, privacy, life, all of those things are in the balance. There's a lot of activities, a lot of seats that have opened up. People have decided not to run or they've decided to run for another office. And so a lot of new candidates, a lot of information to see. But hey, Texas Values is going to be there to help you sort it all out. So go to txvalues.org and find out more about faith, family, and freedom in Texas.